You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We have another couple of chapters to go in terms of learning about carrying in and out on Shabbat. But we've left the questions of how much we can carry and we're entering into questions of... Um, well, borderline cases where we might or might not be liable. And actually, the first of these, we're going to deal with three borderline cases today at the beginning of the 10th chapter. The first of them is actually related to quantity. So it's very interesting. The Mishnah is moving from quantity to, if you like, to quality. It's moving from how much we carry to how we carry it. But it's, it's going to begin these borderline cases, actually, with a borderline case that involves a quantity. And it's going to remind us of a principle that we learned um, in the seventh chapter. Remember, in the seventh chapter, there were three principles. And one of those was that anything which is fit to store, and people like to store things like it, um, creates a liability if you carry it out on Shabbat. So the, the minimum quantity seems to depend on whether people want to store it. And the Mishnah mentioned there that two different people who had two different requirements might have two different quantities that determine their liability for carrying on Shabbat. And it's very interesting. We couldn't really understand why these principles suddenly appeared in the middle of the Mishnah in chapter 7. And it's very interesting that this principle of if you like, personal usefulness, is taught again. It needn't perhaps have been taught at the beginning of chapter 7 because it's taught again in our Mishnah today. Someone stores something for planting or, well, for seeds or for, an, for a sample or for medicine. He, they carried out on Shabbat they're liable whatever its amount. In other words, whatever amount is worth setting aside is an amount for which you're liable for taking out on Shabbat. And other people are different. All other people are not liable except for the standard measure. This is a personal issue relating to the person that stored it away. And then, he changed his mind. He changed his mind about using it for planting or a sample for a medicine, and he carried it back in. Eino chayav, he's not liable. Or eino chayav alav, eila kishura, he's only liable for the standard measure. So when, he, when it was his intention to take it out and use it as an example or for medicine, he was liable at that point for whatever quantity. He changes his mind and he brings it back in both for the bringing in, actually, and for any subsequent bringing out, he's not liable unless he fulfill, unless he brings a standard measure. Because his, his mind has changed. His attitude to this object has changed. And so, the, 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 if you like, the, the dependence on the standard weight has changed. Very interesting example of how thought creates a halachic reality. Let's keep going. That's, that's one borderline case, but we're going to learn two more. The first one is about an action which is half complete. And we touched on this in the first Mishnah of the Masachet. Do you remember the first Mishnah of the Masachet? 
יציאות השבת שתיים שהן ארבע בפנים ושתיים שהן ארבע בחוץ כיצדרה there are four carryings out there are two carryings out of Shabbat which are four from inside and two which are four from the outside and we learned about the man the poor man standing outside and the rich man standing inside and they're passing things in and out and we learned that if the act their actions combine neither one of them is liable and again the today's Mishnah is going to reiterate this principle or re-imply it someone carries out food and places it on the threshold and so the Gemara assumes this is a sort of a Carmelit it's a a Carmelit is a place that's neither public nor private it's on the boundary he's put it on the threshold of his property now subsequently subsequently someone's going to take this this food and bring it out into the public domain maybe he's going to do it subsequently or maybe someone else entirely is going to do it subsequently. But the Mishnah says, Patur, he's exempt. Because he didn't do it in one go. To be hayav, uh, to, to be liable to bring a sin offering. You have to do the action in one go. That's not to say, by the way, it's permitted to do it in two goes. But in order to be obligating with a sin offering you have to do it in one go you can't do it in two half steps as we learned in the first Mishnah of the Masachet and similarly what about a basket which is full of produce we learned a couple of days ago that a basket full of different objects is treated as one object the basket's treated as one object if it's a, remember we had a peddler's basket full of different things and we learned you only I have to bring one offering for bringing this whole basket out on Shabbat. So a basket. So there's a basket full of produce. He's actually placed on the outer threshold. So it's nearly outside. Even though most of the fruit are actually outside. It's outside the threshold. Patur. He's exempt. Ad He's patur unless he actually put takes out the whole of the basket. The basket is a single unit. And if we don't take the, the whole of that unit out, we're not liable for a sin offering. And then the third borderline case is about unusual ways of doing this. And actually, we talk about this today. We say, oh, yeah. If, if you need to turn a light on on Shabbat, do it with a Shinui. Do it with a different way of doing things. And the Mishnah seems to know about this method. Someone who carries something out, whether with his right or with his left hand. So we're not talking about right and left here. Or on his, um, in his lap, on his shoulder. He's obligated. The sons of Kahat didn't get any wagons. The wagons were given by the princes to Moshe, and Moshe handed them out to the Levim, but he didn't give the princes, of the, the, the children of Kahat, any wagons, because the children of Kahat carried on the shoulder. Kain Masa Bnei, Shekain Masa Bnei Kahat. And we've learned already that the, the acts of Shabbat are very closely connected to the acts of, of, the, Mish, of, of, of the Mishkan. So those are considered normal ways of carrying, but... 
If he carried it backhanded, or with his foot, or with his mouth, or in his elbow, is an elbow in Hebrew. Very interesting. Shakespeare apparently made up the wording elbow in English. So at the time of the Mishnah, the word elbow didn't exist in England. But the word marpek does in Hebrew. It does in the Mishnah. Anyway, I don't think it's a biblical word. Um, in his elbow. He could carry it in his hair, in his ear, in his belt with its opening downwards. This is a sort of a cloth belt that you'd wind around yourself, but you'd wind money up in it. Uh, in between his belt and his shirt, in the hem of his shirt. Um, in his shoe, another nice Greek word, in his sandals, patur, he's exempt. Because he he's exempt, because he hasn't carried it out in the way that people normally carry things out. So to summarize, we've had three boundary cases in these first three Mishnayot. One was a question where someone changed their mind. So they changed their mind as to whether they wanted to keep this object safe or tucked away. And because they changed their mind, the critical quantity changed. And the second Mishnah is a borderline case because a single person didn't complete the action, or perhaps a single person completed it at two different times. And in the third borderline case, we're carrying, but we're doing it in an unusual way. And in all three of these borderline cases, the Mishnah rules, patur, exempt, exempt from a sin offering. Not that it's encouraging you to go out and do all these things, but if you do this in this way, you're not liable for an offering. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>